This Much We Know is a podcast offering an honest and informative perspective of the realities and motivations of setting up a social enterprise. We will be joined by a number of charity leaders and social entrepreneurs whose trading models work to end homelessness. We will be sharing their stories, tips and of course their face palm moments. Homeless Link is the national membership charity for organisations working directly with people who become homeless in England. We work to make services better and campaign for policy change that will help end homelessness. Homeless Link members get access to benefits that support you to build and develop your organisation and ensure your voice and experience is heard at a national, regional and local level. To find out more about Homeless Link membership for your organisation, visit homeless.org.uk forward slash join. So today we're really excited to be joined by Michelle from Paper Cup Project. Um, Michelle, welcome. We're gonna we're gonna introduce you to, to do your own introduction a bit more fully about you, your experience, and what Paper Cup Project is. So welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me on. So basically, who are we? So we are based in Liverpool. We're a Liverpool charity, and we are in our our seventh year this year. So I started off the, the group with, there was two of us originally with a trolley, some sandwiches and, and a, a flask. And that's how we started off. And we were just going around and um, chatting to people who were homeless in Liverpool and offering them some food and some drink and seeing what they needed. And that kind of just um, snowballed really. So from, from those two people with the, with the Nana's shopping trolley and the flask, we've now got around 30 volunteers. So it, it's really grown the charity. And then this year we opened our coffee shop in Liverpool city centre, Paper Cup Coffee. And through the coffee shop, we were offering um, opportunities for people who've experienced homelessness to try and support people and to try and kind of build people's confidence and and look at getting them back into the workplace. Awesome. What a what an amazing story to see how far you've come. What what was it about working with people experiencing homelessness that, that sort of got you involved? How did you get involved in working in the sector? It's a kind of long-winded how I got into it because it's not at all kind of what my previous previous work was. So I was previously a journalist and I, I worked in London for a long, long time um, working for teen magazines. For those people who remember Smash Hits and Just 17, they, they were the magazines that I used to work on. And then once the internet started becoming a thing, it's hard to imagine now, like a life without an internet, but that there was a life a life without an internet before. When the internet started becoming a thing, um, a lot of the teenage magazines began to close because teenagers were, were getting their news uh, in a different way. And when that happens, I decided that maybe it was time to come back to Liverpool. So I moved back to Liverpool and I was still doing a bit of writing, like freelance stuff. And when I came back to Liverpool, I realised that I was seeing more people on the streets who were homeless. I'd not really seen that before. Before I left, I'd been in London for 12 years. And before I left, I'd kind of, it was not like a normal occurrence to see homeless people on the streets. So I was kind of curious as to how this had happened and what their stories were. So... Uh, how I started off was I did a course of writing workshops 
for, with another Liverpool charity for people who were experiencing homelessness because I thought it might be a good way of kind of getting them to share their stories and challenge challenge some stigmas around homelessness and and also I was interested in in finding out what the kind of issues were that by people had ended up in that situation so that was how it started off so I did the writing workshops and once I'd done the writing workshops there was there was two people in the group who really really like latched onto the writing workshops and and wanted to stay in touch with me after the writing workshops had, had gone on so I felt like once I'd done the writing workshops, I wanted to do something more, but I didn't really know what. So that was where the outreach came out of that. I thought, well, what better way to find out what people want than just going out and speaking to people on the streets and finding out what they need. So that's how it all came about, really. It's brilliant, isn't it? Have you seen changes? You mentioned that before going to London, homelessness wasn't present in Liverpool in quite the same way is it improving would you say yeah do you know what like I keep saying to people how awful the pandemic was but one good thing that came out of the pandemic was the fact that the government actually did something about homelessness and they looked at how they could how they could tackle homelessness on a kind of big big scale during the pandemic so I know like in Liverpool in particular with the everyone in campaign a lot of those people that they got inside have have like gone on and and they are in successful tenancies now which which is great so a lot of the people that we were seeing on a regular basis when we were out doing outreach we don't see those people anymore which is like really really great for us we are seeing some new people because obviously the situation at the moment it's it's difficult with the cost of living crisis and and things like that but we've definitely seen definitely definitely touchwood seen an improvement excellent so you've had quite an interesting route did you found this charity as well paper cup project were you the founder as well yeah yeah it was me and it's kind of I never ever in my mind I never ever thought oh I'm gonna set up a charity it was just I saw an issue that I felt like I wanted to kind of help so it just all snowballed out of that and you know little did I know that from from that time like six and a half years ago going out with a supermarket trolley that in in another six years time I'd have be running a charity and also we'd have a a coffee shop in the city center it's just like I still I still kind of take a step back sometimes and think wow like how how did this all happen (laughs) (laughs) it's so nice it's so yeah, I think the last few years as well, I don't know about you, but my sense of time is completely thrown out the window. Mm. I can't believe it was two and a half years ago that the pandemic started, you know, it's just thrown everything off. Yeah. So yeah, it's so exciting to see how far how far paper cups come. Looking at employment as the root of homelessness, obviously the cafe that's set up has opportunities to kind of get that training and employment piece. What do you feel that employment has the potential to do for people outside of just income? Definitely confidence building and the social skills for us, because in the coffee shop as well, we we have a lot of customers who are people who are currently um, have found themselves homeless. We get some rough sleepers that come in and we can see through them what the kinds of barriers and the issues are. And I think for, for people who have been out of the 
out of the cycle of kind of normal life, if you like, for so long, for them to even just think about doing normal things, what we what we class as normal. So, you know, going to the shop, paying a bill, just very, very small things, which we take for granted. For someone who hasn't done those things for a long time, I think it can be quite daunting and quite scary. So a huge part of what we're doing, what we're going to be doing is building the self-confidence and, and equipping people with those with those social skills and, and the confidence so that they can just tackle things, tackle things and have the confidence to tackle things without being scared. Mm, yeah, it sounds like really meaningful work and the fact that you're taking a sort of 360 approach as well into all the different avenues that, that employment can, can take an influence in your life is really exciting. Michelle, you recall that we said we're looking at women in social enterprise as part of this series that we're currently working on. Yeah. Um, I'm just interested, what, what's your view or experience of that been as a woman sort of developing a social enterprise? Have you felt that it's helped or is it hindered or, yeah, what's your personal experience been? I think there's a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, in, in Liverpool, I know a lot of a lot of women who are um, who set up social enterprises and who are very involved in, in the sector. I know, especially over the pandemic, there was a lot of women who kind of just ju- jumped into social enterprises because they saw that there was issues that needed dealing with and it kind of almost accidental that they, they went into that route. So I think in some ways it's it's been, yeah, like, you know, it's it's been beneficial. In other ways, I do think, you know, that it is still quite difficult being a woman and kind of being being a female boss as well is quite difficult. I do still roll my eyes quite a lot at, you know, at some of the things that I that I get asked. And I I still get quite a bit of mansplaining as well, which like I find it like very, very hard to, to deal with when, you know, when when you're someone who's who's running a charity, you set up a charity from scratch and you're doing all of that, but you sometimes get a man who like thinks that they know better and thinks that they can tell you how to do your job. Mm. Definitely, definitely see see quite a bit of that. And how do you deal with this interesting, isn't it? How do you deal with that? Do you know what? I just have to like my 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 facial expression is very. I find it very difficult to to hide to hide my, my the way that I'm feeling. So I, I've really had to learn how to kind of take a deep breath and bite my tongue a little bit, and just kind of nod and just say, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I'm already doing. I'm already doing that actually, and that kind of thing." So. Yeah. Otherwise, I think you know I'd probably blow blow my top a little bit. <laughs> it's it's such an interesting one because it's really hard to find the balance of holding other people to account and saying, you know, the way you're speaking to me is not okay. Yeah. And you're demonstrating that I know less than I do, which is not fair. Yeah. But by also maintaining those relationships that you need to be able to be productive in what you're doing, it's a very difficult one. Yeah, I think it's really, really difficult. And it's weird because I never have it with other women. The thing which I, I spoke to one of my female board members actually last week about the difference in the way that women speak to me as a, like a CEO of a charity mm-hmm. and the way that men speak to me. So the the way that I, I said I said to them, my board member, you know, 
I get women saying to me, have you tried this? And they will suggest something. And then if I say, yeah, I've done it or no, I haven't, then that's a conversation. With men, it's not have you tried, it's you should do this. Mm. And they're telling me things that I should do without asking me whether I've done it already or not. And I've had that quite a lot over the past couple of months. There's kind of stuff with the coffee shop where I've been having conversations with people and saying, oh, I'm considering doing this or I'm considering doing that. And men have said to me, you should do this. And I kind of just, again, like bite my tongue because it's like teaching a grandma how to suck eggs. You know, I've been developing, I've been developing this for a year. You know, I, I'm very very well aware of of like all of the avenues which which I could take and you know so it's it's very very difficult for me when when someone says to me you should do this instead of asking me you know what what I what I have done <laughs> yeah it's the it's the it's assumption isn't it yeah mm. do, you, do you feel that the chat obviously your your career is quite an interesting one because working for you know in um, journalism for teen magazines to developing a coffee shop yeah. for employment for people experiencing homelessness you wouldn't naturally pair the two up <laughs> what what do you feel in terms of the peer support is like from from working in the corporate sector to now and do you feel that you know the charity sector historically being a more women-led friendly <laughs> place what what would you say the um, differences are if any I'd, yeah, I definitely do think like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of support out there kind of, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of willingness from people to support, especially in Liverpool. I've had people in Liverpool messaging me and things saying, you know, what what can we do to help? What do you need? And that's really nice. That's a really nice thing. It's really nice to have kind of uh, people in the sector but also kind of people in businesses as well offering to support in some way and that's been mixed it's been it's been men and women that have kind of you know been saying what can we do what can we do to help so that's like a really really nice thing I think as well with with Liverpool as a city it's like pretty unique that the kind the city and the kind of the goodwill that people have because people are always wanting to help and wanting to help people who are less fortunate so I think in a way that makes the city quite unique. That's really lovely that you're seeing support from so many different areas as well and to have yeah being a community that wants wants to see change together. Across like the seven years Michelle have there been particular people that you've had conversations with that have been I guess pivotal moments or sort of turning points in the evolution of Paper Cup project? Yeah, do you know what? There's been like, there's been a lot of people who have kind of been on board with us since right at the beginning and have supported us right at the beginning and continue to support us. So, for example, there's a local media company called The Guide. There's a guy called Jay Hind who runs it, who does a lot of stuff in Liverpool. They they cover a lot of events and, and things like that. Now, they've been very very supportive of us since we started off as just a volunteer group they came out with us and did some filming of of our volunteers doing the outreach and things like that so that relationship has gone across like the past six years so that's been really really great 
and there's a lot of people there's there's some people who've like supported us at you know at that certain time and then like have moved on to something else which is which is great you know people people support different things and and that's fine that's understandable but uh, you know we've also got supporters who've been with us since the beginning as well and then other people who've come in part way through the journey and and offer their support i think with us as well social media plays a big part of of what we do and and has been really great for getting awareness of our charity out there so i think for us social media has been a great way of engaging people and engaging the support with different people who maybe didn't know who we were before thank you for that michelle yeah i think social media adds so much opportunity to be able to, to share stories with people that you wouldn't otherwise connect with. I think particularly with social enterprise, because it does open more of a conversation of the kind of charitable initiatives and then the, the business mind as well. So you can bring yeah. that entrepreneurial spirit into helping. You know, that's that's what I love about social enterprise. I wanted to talk a bit more about the actual matrix of how it works with Papercup Cafe. What's, you know, someone gets referred into working with you or, or your outreach team identify someone what would be the process for someone so we are working with a partner called the learning foundry so they are they are underneath the housing association now they're going to be working with us on the accredited part of the course so the qualifications they're going to deliver them so what we've been doing over the past couple of months is engaging with partners across the charity sector who also work in in the homeless sector so we're bringing them on board with what we do and then they will be the way of bringing people in bringing people into us they will be identifying trainees who who may be ready to to kind of take the first step because that's really really important that it's you know something people are ready for and not just you know we've got this course like you know get tick a box whatever it's got to be people that are ready because we don't want to set people up to fail so those partners are identifying people for us and then we also we also we you know we tell people about it on the outreach and things like that so the word goes out there but again it's about whether those people are ready some of the people we're seeing now on outreach won't be ready, but they might be ready for the second or the third course. You know, they might be at a point where then they're in a, a position in their life <clears throat> where they can take something else on and it won't be too much for them to deal with. Mm. So, yeah, so that's the way that we're doing it because it's really important but for us that we are looking after people as well. We We can't be putting things on to people who can't we can't be giving people too much to deal with if that if we don't think they can deal with it so it, it's it's really really important to you know to to identify that people are ready ready to to take something else on mm, brilliant so the the kind of model of the organization is you're running a, a cafe and the surplus of the cafe goes back into reinvesting in courses to provide people who are experiencing or vulnerable to homelessness training vision to get them back into employment yeah and what's what's been the the sort of biggest learning or most exciting thing that's happened so far in that every single thing has been a learning process for me like you know I've never I've never ever like done anything like this before I've never set up like 
a cafe or coffee shop or, or anything like that so everything's been a learning process from you know all all the health and safety things that I had to quickly learn um going over stuff like that ordering stock like get setting up with a wholesaler honestly like the things that I hadn't even I just thought <laughs> oh, I know I'll set a coffee shop up but I, I hadn't really like thought about what that would actually entail like operationally I just thought yeah this will be good and this is you know a good way of helping people but operationally like my learning has been like this so I've I've learned so much on how how to cope with you know how to set it up and how to cope with all of that side the operational side and that's been really good for for us I think the best part of of the cafe that that we all kind of get something from is the fact that um our, we, we've got a lot of customers who are people who are currently homeless who feel safe and comfortable coming in and you know they've we do a pay it forward scheme so people are people are coming in and getting their lunch and paying forward a coffee and then later on that day someone might come in and say can I get a hot chocolate or can I get a sandwich or whatever and they can do that as a customer without feeling any stigma with you know they've not got money to spend but they're still treated the same as as like any other customer and they can just be be any other customer so that's been you know that's been really really nice for us that we've been able to do that because there's not really any other space where where people can do that and especially when it's been so hot that the hot weather mm. a lot of people have been saying oh you know like for, for someone who's on the streets they it's important that they stay hydrated and there's nowhere for them to go and that kind of thing there is a place for them to go now and that's because of us you know we've got a place where if someone does need to if in the winter if it's cold or in the summer if it's too hot they can come in and sit in our coffee shop and we've got loads of books that that people can read they can get a drink so yeah it, it's it's really nice because we've kind of filled a gap in that area as well and a few of the guys that come in who are regulars now said to us it took them a few weeks to be able to to cross over into that doorway because they were they didn't have the confidence to, to come into a shop and again for us like going into a shop and ordering a drink or a sandwich is you know it, it's just what you do you don't even think about it but for someone who is not used to doing that it can be quite a big step so yeah so we're proud of that as well and you know my staff who are working in the coffee shop have certainly learned a lot as well about homelessness and and about the people that it affects so it, it's kind of it trickles doesn't it but it's like the trickle effect it, it gets to a lot of people you must be really proud it sounds yeah obviously I, I we first met a while back before you were running the coffee shop but it sounds like you've come so far since we last spoke um I guess have there been some spectacular moments where you're like I wish I'd thought of that before and um, Murphy calls it the facepalm moment. Have you had any of those? Oh, oh, honestly, all the time. Like, so, so yeah, so many <laughs> of them. There's so many things where, like, I can't, I can't even explain to you what that first month was like because literally we opened the doors and when we opened, I had problems with recruiting staff and I didn't think I was going to be able to open on time. And then I recruited a manager 
like just in the nick of time who who didn't have a notice period because he'd been made redundant so we were able to open on time but that first month was literally was it was just crazy because not none of us knew what what it was going to be like and whether it was going to be busy or not and the first week that we opened coincided with half term as well so we were really really busy which was kind of that was like a bit of a baptism of fire because it kind of threw staff in at the deep end because it was so busy but it it was a bit like ah and it, in those first few weeks we were we were still like dealing with stock and you know we didn't know what would sell and what wouldn't sell so yeah all of that kind of thing it's it's been like a massive massive learning process yeah I mean I've been really lucky to be sort of yeah seeing this progress over the last couple of years and sort of seeing yeah from just the frustrations of like legals taking so long during the pandemic and just not knowing when to have an open date to now see it up and running it's just so exciting is there any um key advice that you'd give to someone who's in a similar position you know social entrepreneur who is doing something because it you know we acknowledge throughout the sort of enterprise program and in these conversations it can be a lonely role as well is there any kind of key things that you'd say make sure you do this to look after yourself I definitely think always keep talking to people so you know whether that's your board or what I found really useful was people speaking to people who had similar enterprises so it was really useful for me doing the EDP course because I was able to stay in contact with other people who were, who were setting up enterprises or who already had enterprises that were going on to the next stage. So for me, I had a lot of conversations over that over that year before we opened. I had a lot of conversations with different people from from different organizations about what it was like for them and what could potentially go wrong. So that was really, really good because here and there stories as well about the stuff that had gone wrong for them it kind of helped me to plan a little bit more for you know contingency like if this happens what are we going to do one of the conversations I had with with a girl who has a coffee shop in in Cardiff and she said the day that before they opened they still didn't have a coffee machine so (laughs) So and with with us, we it was about two days before we were opening and the coffee machine wouldn't work properly. So I can totally, totally like get it now and totally empathize with how everything in hospitality can be so close to close to the bone with how you're dealing with things. And I think in hospitality, you've just got to realize that it, you fly by the seat of your pants a little bit because things can happen that you're not always prepared for so yeah I would just say speak to people speak to as many people as you can who have got similar enterprises pick people's brains get people's advice and that's like a really good way of of learning stuff Fab. Um, yeah it's nice to hit EDP mentioned there as well (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to bring it back to the conversation on diversity as well we've talked a little bit about being a a woman in social enterprise but the other side of what you're doing is the you know developing people to come into the workforce who might have been out of it for a while Mm -hmm. and how that blends with your um, sort of other support staff within the organization we 
we've been talking for years as a sector about the need for diversity of thought and diversity of people to bring in you know actual change and to have new ideas to be innovative how how does that work within within paper cup so for our charity it's really important for us that we've got um voices of people with lived experience so we've got a couple of people on our board that have, have come from a background where they've experienced homelessness and that's really really important they've been in as well and spoken to our staff for our staff I think the most important thing for them has been like learning on the job if you like so it's having the conversations with people who are coming in and and using the shop and getting to know them and getting to know what their what their issues and what their challenges are so it's really really important for the work that we do to kind of to keep being informed by the people that we're trying to help because I think if you if you can't if you don't listen to those voices and you don't listen to those people then you might not be offering the, the right support and the right solution yeah I think really good advice and something that I know a lot of people try to do but it's it's hard to do at the same time it's tricky to do it well, isn't it? Yeah. Like to do it authentically and properly, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it isn't, the, it's not the easiest thing process, is it? To actually sort no. of listen and respond and you can't always guarantee the outcome and what you can deliver and what you can't. It's Yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because I know funders are very keen on this and they're very insistent with a lot of organisations that they need to do more of it. But it's actually just very difficult, especially when you're dealing with people that are coming through homelessness. You know, they're not yeah. settled. They're not in a, you know, sometimes not in the right. It's just not of importance to them. But yes, yeah, challenging, isn't it? I think. To keep yeah, that. I think as well, you've got to be very sensitive to like, I think it's a very kind of being aware and being sensitive to each individual person because not everyone's the same, are they? And some people might be in a better place to, to be more open, whereas other people just don't want to don't want to go there. So yeah, sense sensitivity, I think, is really important as well. But I think also for you, because of the way you've evolved and you've come from doing that street-based work, it just, I think it's more in your DNA, isn't it, to listen to people and respond and, and yeah. yeah, you're sort of working reactively to what people are talking to you about, aren't you? Is that a route you'd recommend others take? Yeah, like, you know, I don't think that if, if I hadn't have done the outreach and we, we still do the outreach, we still do the outreach every week. So we're still engaging with people all the time. And I think if we hadn't done the outreach and gone down that route, then I probably would have never opened the coffee shop because for me, it was, it was all about finding out what, what was needed that wasn't already there because there's no point in, you know, replicating, replicating stuff that other people are already doing because, you know, it's not necessarily going to be beneficial to kind of duplicate duplicate stuff that's already going on. So I think if we hadn't have done the outreach and I hadn't have kind of got got under the skin of, of what the issues and stuff were, then I don't think the coffee shop would have ever happened. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it, to, to come from, because you've come from such a um, responding to the need as opposed to a preventative method or or thinking more about what you've got as a charity to do something with it means that you've actually covered so many different areas and you've got these sort of employability and training side you've yeah. got this community place where people feel that they're able to go which in turn reduces the stigma because people are in a social space together where they wouldn't otherwise be mixing yeah There's so many kind of strands to it 
Yeah, definitely. And I said that to someone recently as well. The whole kind of building a friendship and support group is like a really important part of the training as well. Because what what worries me is, you know, putting someone in putting someone in accommodation is great and that's the first step. But there's a temptation for them to kind of feel lonely and and then kind of go back to gravitate back to their friendship groups which were the friendship groups that they had before they were accommodated which are like friends on the street so for us as well it's it's setting up a new friendship group and a new support group so that people don't feel a need to go back to to that street living and go back to their old friendship groups Michelle, other other female social entrepreneurs, other social enterprises led by women that you're watching at the moment that you're interested in. Do you know what? There's like loads. There's loads in Liverpool. So there's there's a lady in Liverpool called Lucy Antle who does a lot around um, food food insecurity. She doesn't like calling it food poverty, so she, because it's because of like all the kind of stigmas again around that. So she works doing loads of different things around around food insecurity. She's really really fab, and I love like watching what what she's doing next. She's involved at the moment, like looking at kind of governmental policy stuff and things like that. Yeah, there's loads. There's some social enterprises in London who are doing similar kinds of stuff. Some of who, you know, came to speak to us when we did the EZP course, which was really, really fab. So I follow a lot of those people on social media now, and it's nice to kind of see where they're up to and see what's going on and see what the next stage of their journey is. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's nice, isn't it, staying connected now because you can see things pop up. There's been loads of the um, like sort of food-based, hospitality-based organisations being on BBC programmes and things mm-hmm. that pop up, which is always... No, she haven't heard of someone for a while. You're like, oh, they're doing they're doing that still. That's amazing. Like throughout yeah. everything, throughout the pandemic, to still come out the other side with new things happening, and it's such a huge feat to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's so many people doing like amazing things, and a lot of the time I find with women in social enterprise as well that they don't always like appreciate how amazing they are, like the work that they're doing. Because I think a lot of women are so like self-deprecating and they just think, mm. well, I'm just doing it and I'm just getting on with it. And I think like they don't always realise that what they're doing is, you know, it, it's like a, it's like a step above, <laughs> a step above expectations. But they're just thinking, well, I've seen a gap. I've seen people who need help and I'm just going to jump in and do it myself. And I think that's amazing, amazing that there's people around who do stuff like that. Yeah, really astute observation. I think it's what what a perfect note to summarise this episode as well. You know, this episode is about celebrating women in social enterprise. And you're absolutely right. We need to do more of it. Definitely. Uh, Michelle, it's been absolutely fabulous having you on and hearing about your journey and how, how far you've come and what's going on. We can't wait to keep keep seeing what happens with Paper Cup Project. We're going to link the, the website and Instagram handle and stuff in the show notes. Is there is there anything else you want to say before we head off? Just if anyone is in Liverpool, don't forget to come and visit us. We're on Queen Square, which is just past the bus station. And yeah, we'd, we'd love to see people. We love people coming in and finding out more about, about the coffee shop and, and also just for people to share stuff on social media about us as well, like spread the word and get the, get the good news out there. Where do we find you on social media? 
So we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We've got the charity um, site, which is Paper Cup Project. And then we've got Paper Cup Coffee, which is the coffee shop. So we've got two different two different social media handles on Insta and Twitter. They're the two main ones. And then there's a bit of Facebook as well. If you or one of your colleagues would like to find out more about the social enterprise development work at Homeless Link, we will be holding our annual enterprise development conference on the 16th of November. For tickets, please go to homeless.org.uk forward slash event forward slash enterprise hyphen development hyphen conference. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe for more episodes or follow us on Twitter at thismuch underscore we know or email us at thismuchweknow at homelesslink.org.uk.